folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Bessie Glover. Uh, I don't like F1. I love it. Me, Christian Hugill. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. I can't follow that. And me, the team principal, Greg James. Before we get into some of the headlines from the world of Formula One and tell you about the return of some F1 drivers on the podcast. Mm. We will be talking about that shortly. Betty, you're back from a high-octane holiday, very similar to the sort of thing that we see a lot of the drivers uh, doing in the off-season. Can I ask... Were you on holiday with the Wolves? (laughs) I would love to go on a ski holiday with Toto and Susie Wolf. I think that would literally be next level also. But I'm not a very good skier either. So I imagine they would be absolutely bombing it down the mountain and I'd be there just trying not to die, shaking behind them. But I put myself in the shoes of the drivers and I was like, I'm just going to do what the drivers do in the winter break and go on a ski holiday. Mm. So I went to Bulgaria, which incidentally is the cheapest resort in Europe that you can can get so I didn't see any F1 drivers there funnily enough um and I probably drank a lot more alcohol than any of the drivers ever had in their entire lives oh, definitely more wow. than Oscar Piastri will have ever drunk right <laughs> now this is the thing I have never I've never done skiing I've never done a skiing holiday and I feel like I, j- I just can't get away from the the horror of having to do the same thing every single day. You like cricket. That's doing the same thing over and over again or just standing in a field for hours. Now, that is boring, Greg. Skiing's not boring. No, but going, I don't go on holiday to play cricket. I don't go on cricket holidays. <laughs> like you, you, If you're going on a ski holiday, all you do is ski, eat and drink. And they have to do the same and you're just cold the whole time. Apre is just next level. Everyone just goes wild, dancing on tables. Yeah, but I can do that here. <laughs> That's true. Christian, have you ever done a skiing holiday? Um, I can think of nothing worse than a skiing holiday and I shall tell you for why. I was an average racing driver, as we've discussed many times on this podcast. Aside from that, I can't do any sports. <laughs> so I wouldn't fancy paying a lot of money to embarrass, humiliate and hurt myself when it's cold. It's not for me, no. Mm. Um, I I do have, while you two were rambling on about skiing holidays, a conversation I had very little interest in. I was Googling something and I believe there has never been a Bulgarian Formula One driver, which surprised me. (laughs) But Nikola Tosloff is a member of the Alpine Academy and is seen as Bulgaria's best chance to make it to Formula One. So maybe in future years on the podcast, we can do Betty's Bulgarian ski adventure with Nikola <laughs> Tosloff. I mean, she's eating burgers with Logan Sargent in New York. Stranger things have happened. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. What's his name again? Uh, Nikola Tosloff. Well, Nikola, come on, mate. Bulgarian racing driver. Yeah, get on it. Okay, well, Christian's made his feelings known about this friendly conversation we were having to warm into the podcast um, <laughs> just to highlight the fact that we are all friends and get on with each other but but Christian doesn't want to do that this no. week. so <laughs> let's get back to the world of F1 it does feel like things are ramping up towards the start of the season we're certainly ramping things up here at Fast and the Curious HQ we are set for an even bigger season for this podcast exciting details coming soon but the teams are coming out of hibernation I can sense that Christian is uh is warming himself up. He's 
probably getting a new notebook sorted for the season? Do you, do you get a new notebook every season or is it the same one? Uh, I don't actually. I've, uh, you know, saving the trees and all that. And last year's notebook will be continuing to this year. I'm pleased to confirm. We've got to be carbon neutral by 2030. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I'll do my bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got an image in my head of Christian like warming himself up in like a, a tyre warmer <laughs> and he's just slowly <laughs> unzipping it, ready to release himself. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Before the end of this season, we have to get you inside a tyre warmer. <laughs> I'd love that. It'd be like a heated blanket. It sounds lovely. I'm sort of, part of me really wants it to be cold at Silverstone so that we can, we can put you in a tyre warmer. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's do it. That would be so good. I'd very much like that. I'm, I'm keen for this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so you're excited um, to, to get yourself in the little the tyre the warmers. But Bessie, what are the main talking points this week? What are we going to be covering today on the fast and the curious. Well, we've got loads to talk about, haven't we? Because what what is it? Like just over a month until Bahrain gets underway. So we've got so much to talk about. Things are starting to happen. There's a new Grand Prix coming, so we're going to talk about that. Some big names have signed some pretty big contracts. We've got some McLaren news, which Christian will go through in a minute, at the 1st of 2024 as well. So that's really exciting. There's another ridiculous name that we've got to talk about and listen to Christian rant about. We've got listener questions about it all, but I think we should start by sort of talking about the response that we've had to the Race Against Dementia episode that we put out last week, because we have had so many comments, DMs, emails, donations to charity. Christian, are you a bit overwhelmed with it all? Yes, I would like to say thank you so much to everyone who's got in touch with me personally, with the podcast to say how much they liked the episode. I really appreciate it. I found getting so many messages. I'm so grateful for them, but it did feel quite emotionally overwhelming. So forgive me if I haven't got back to everyone, but I've read every one of them. I really do appreciate it. My family appreciates all the warm words. And as I said last time, I appreciate the love and support of everyone from this podcast. And we've raised through a combination of a little thing I did, a little fundraiser I did on Instagram and people going to the charity's website to donate in our name, we've raised about £1,000 for Race Against Dementia, which is a lovely little Aww. number. So, uh, yeah, a, a huge, huge thank you. Now, obviously, the messages were incredibly personal, so we don't want to read them out, but they are much appreciated. Were, were there any in particular that you wanted to, to say hello to or, or thank Christian? <laughs> There's almost too many to mention, because as I say, so many people have expressed their personal stories, how it's affected their family or how similar sort of degenerative conditions have affected their family. But um, Rebecca in New York, Molly, Caitlin, Mark, so many others. And I assure you, I've read every single one and I'm grateful for them all. So thank you. Such a lovely response. We've got a really special thing going with this little uh, community of listeners on The Fast and the Curious. So I do appreciate it. But I am also equally appreciative to get back to uh, talking about Formula One and and I'd like to say something that I haven't said for a while if that's okay with you oh god it's okay <laughs> we're ready we do have some <clears throat> McLaren Wow, that that was bigger than last year everything in Formula One gets bigger and bolder as it goes into a new season, it's the fine margins in F1 
and that includes the sung jingles in the podcast. We aim to improve, <laughs> and nothing, nothing but the best will do. Go on then. Let's start talking about Lando Norris's new contract, a brand new contract, which McLaren say will keep him at the team, and I quote, until at least the end of 2026. That's big. Was that expected, Christian? Are you surprised? Are you happy? I'm very happy for Lando and McLaren because I think it's a lovely partnership. Am I surprised? Moderately. I did think that it was possible that Lando might fancy a go in a Red Bull. But I think he's absolutely made the right decision. I think... You're looking in Formula One for genuine signs that a team is moving forward and in the right direction. And in 2023, after a rubbish start, McLaren gave us everything that we need to think, yes, they're moving in the right direction. And in terms of that carrying on into 2024, they've got their own state-of-the-art wind tunnel. Zach Brown and Andrea Seidel as a, a management team, I think, are excellent. Oscar is a fantastic teammate. There is everything that team needs there to compete for world championships, except for the car. But every reason to believe that that car might be on the way. Can you explain, for those that don't know, and also me, what a state-of-the-art wind tunnel actually is? Like, why is this such a big deal? Yeah, so a wind tunnel is something used and a key part in developing a new car. There is a smaller scale Formula One car within a tunnel. Wind is pushed over the car and the teams use that to determine where the airflow is going. And teams are only allowed to spend a certain amount of time in that wind tunnel based on finishing positions of the previous season. So Red Bull, who were the winners of last year's championship, get to spend the least amount of time in it. And the team that finished last, Haas, last year, will get to spend the most time in it. Now, McLaren had used the old Toyota wind tunnel in Germany. They now have their own, and that is massive and just a a sort of one little factor, actually quite a big factor, in that team's rise to the top, having their own facilities on site. Interesting. The the thing that... um everyone was talking about and the sort of rumours going around was whether or not Lando was going to go to Red Bull and be Max Verstappen's number two. Do you think he's made the right decision then in sticking with McLaren? We knew how much Red Bull liked him and admired him. The team made no secret of that. Mm. He was a definite thought process in their mind as a potential for that second seat long term. We know Sergio Perez is entering the final year of his contract. That team, listen to what Alex Albon says on this subject, is geared towards Max Verstappen. And I think if you, as a Formula One driver, put yourself in a position where a team can be built around you, around your driving style, with your feedback, with your people around you, it gives you a massive advantage. And it's what we're seeing with Lando. So it's a massive oversimplification to say, oh, he should have just jumped in a Red Bull. I think that's, I I don't think that would have ended up well. For me, the best way to beat Red Bull is beat Red Bull, not necessarily sit in the car next to Max. Well, also, look, he's having a nice time at McLaren. He's a very, very famous, very, very well-loved guy. Maybe he doesn't want to play second fiddle just yet because he's he's the the king of McLaren for now. Mm. We have some McLaren news that has been phoned in. Kirsten! I don't know if I've got the authority to do this, but McLaren news. Um, I feel like we need to talk about Oscar Piastri being in Lanzarote of all places. 
What if Dave and Linda bumped into him on their annual holiday? Like, bloody hell, I think there's a Formula One driver over there. Like, he just doesn't happen. I like that. I like that Oscar Piastri's in Lanzarote. Here's my reasoning, because to us, Lanzarote doesn't feel that special, but it's actually quite beautiful, really nice and sunny. But here's the thing about Australians. To Australians, Lanzarote is very exotic because it's miles away. And I learned this when I, when I met, I, pl- I played against some, some sort of teenage Aussie cricketers when I was at, at school. Of course you did. Because there was a touring side and they came and did a touring match against us. They were doing a tour of the UK. And, um, Greg, that's a cricket holiday, mate. <laughs> she tried to is. <laughs> which I wasn't on. They were on a cricket holiday. <laughs> got you there. No, it hasn't got me anywhere because it wasn't my f-ing holiday. Oh, sure. Right. No, all right, yeah, fine. Mm. But my point is, is that <laughs> we were saying, oh, f- you. Come on then, you do it. No, no, carry on, carry on, carry on. I was interested as to where that was going. No, 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 you, you, no, you, you, you I haven't go. got anywhere to go now. I, I, <laughs> oh, you, right, okay, so do you want me to talk? Yes, yes. No, I don't, I don't want to You're now. supposed to be the team principal, you can't have a hissy fit. <laughs> this is not the behaviour of Toto Wolf. I do not want to talk. You've done it now. You talk amongst yourselves. That is exactly what they're all like. They're all petulant. You see, we've seen him smash his headphones down. I nearly smashed mine down, but realised they're quite expensive and I didn't want to get another pair. No, sure. Anyway, so it's, it's, it's actually quite a boring point. Now, I wasn't on the Greek holiday, but my insight as a kid, it's the first time I realised that if you're from Australia, you find Europe amazing. Their holidays, like they have to go at least four or five hours to get anywhere out of Australia. The Americans love it as well. Right, exactly. So they're like, oh my God, we're in London, we're going to go Rome, we're going to go to Paris. So that's why I think he he thinks of Lanzarote as this exotic, amazing place, where we know Lanzarote as a place where they have a Linekers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and serve pints of vodka and coke. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> move away from McLaren and talking about another contract. Yes. Yes, Betty, I think we should. What do I do? Ferrari? Let's do Ferrari because I think this one's actually really interesting. So Ferrari have signed Charles Leclerc for several more seasons to come, uh, but there's no actual confirmation of how long that he signed this contract for. So there was a rumour that it was going to be up until 2029, wasn't there? But now it says from 2024 onwards. Now that interests me with both Norris and Leclerc's contracts because it suggests to me, I think if you're Ferrari and you had tied Charles Leclerc down to 2029, you would say, we've tied Charles Leclerc down to 2029. The fact that neither McLaren nor Ferrari have done that suggests to me there are numerous performance clauses in said contracts. So that if Ferrari, in this case, have an actual meltdown, Charles can get out and go somewhere else. That is what I would take from that, Betty Glover. Ferrari always have meltdowns, though, don't they? Like every single Grand Prix, something (laughs) went wrong last season. I would be Ferrari if I was a team. (laughs) I'd be all right, and then suddenly it would fall off a cliff. But the, the thing is with Ferrari is, you know, they were the only team to win a race other than Red Bull last year. Again, there are genuine signs of moving forward. And we're sort of seeing with Lando and... Charles, we're sort of seeing almost an era in Formula One of almost like franchise drivers. 
of these drivers committing their future, Russell at Mercedes and, of course, Hamilton until he retires. And when you look at people like Fernando Alonso, who've jumped from team to team, maybe that hasn't worked as well because we've, we all know Fernando's got the talent to win more world championships. So I, this one didn't surprise me at all. I, I think Leclerc is happy at Ferrari. He loves the brand. He wants to win a world championship with Ferrari. But notice Ferrari haven't announced a contract yet for Carlos Sainz, and mm. that interests me a lot too. Yes, that could be a bad Sainz. <laughs> Quite enjoyed that, yeah, good. Just to deviate from my dreadful joke a second, you mentioned the word franchise. I find that quite interesting. Look into your crystal ball, Christian. In the next 5 to 10 to 15 years, 20 years, for example, do you think the majority of F1 fans are migrating towards loving a driver more than the team they drive for? Do you, do you see a change or has it always been that way? There's a, a slight, slight change towards a team. The honest answer is it depends on the team. The right. Tifosi, the nickname for the Italian Ferrari fans, will always love Ferrari. Mm. But take, for example, Silverstone this year compared to Silverstone last year. The uptake in... Aston Martin hats was huge. And that's because Fernando Alonso was talk of the town because of how much of a good first half of the season they had. Mm. So if Lando Norris, and he won't, for example, because because he signed the contract, if he joined the new Audi team in 2026 as their big marquee driver, you would have seen a shed load of Audi caps at Silverstone. So I think, Greg, the, the boring but honest answer to your question is, it's a bit of both and it depends team to team. But McLaren, of course, have British roots. They've been a successful British team. So they will always have their fans and big drivers who make a big impact like Lando will always have their fans too. It's, I do find that interesting because if, if Lando, that's that, I mean, that's obviously part of the reason certain teams want big drivers. We talked about Checo in in Mexico, he's sort of a poster boy and they need they need him there. The sport needs him there to to sell stuff. So Red Bull, for example, would look at Lando and go, well, we want those Lando fans to drink Red Bull. So maybe it's going to be worth our while at some point to throw loads of money. Is that is that that is I guess that's in their calculations, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the, the commercial value of these drivers is definitely in there. A massive example of that. That is a reason why Daniel Ricciardo was brought back into the Red Bull fold. You know, yes, there is more racing talent to be unlocked than we saw in his McLaren days, but we'll talk about the ridiculous team name they've given to the former Alpha Tauri team in a minute, but, you know, th they are being paid a lot of money by that sponsorship company, and a massive amount of the reason they'll have been able to do that is because they are being led by a hugely marketable driver in Daniel Ricciardo. So, yeah... It is a factor. Talent talent will always rule. It's no good having a driver who'll sell a load of caps if they don't win races, but it's definitely a factor. Okay, well, it has been a minute. Uh, Betty, would you like to read Christian the next question, please? <laughs> well, seeing as Christian basically said it anyway, um, this is a massive talking point that we have you know, we really want to get into and really get Christian's reaction from because I know that he is absolutely seething at the thought of it. But this one's coming from Louise and she says, does Christian like Alpha Tauri's new name, Visa Cash App Racing Bulls, as much as he loved Stake F1 Team Kick Sauber? <laughs> Christian, take it away. 
you just want to sit in a boardroom with the people who are making these decisions and go, no, obviously not. Like, are you all right? It's a bit of a new thing for Formula One because the biggest example of this, and this is the thing that people have been throwing out online, is, yeah, well, Red Bull's called Red Bull and that's a drinks company. Yes, it fundamentally started as a drinks company, but they've got a history of getting into sport. It's a brand, isn't it, Red Bull? It's become better. Yes, exactly. A brand that overarches just drinks into sport and they own the team. But we now seem to be with these two teams in particular into a bit of an era where they're almost saying, well, what we'll do is almost like certain soccer football stadiums where they go, we'll sell the naming rights. We'll actually sell the naming rights to the team. And that's what's happened here with with Visa Cash App. I don't think it'll work because I don't think anyone will call them Visa Cash App. There's no way you're going to get Crofty going. And a fantastic move from Sonoda in the Visa Cash App because that just sounds ridiculous. Mm. What are they going to call it then? Racing Bulls, I guess. Yeah, I think it will be RB because the team are being a bit sketchy as to whether RB does in fact stand for Racing Bulls. Right. They've not actually fully confirmed that, but whatever, RB is there. So I think we will settle into calling that team RB. It's all for money. It's all to extract the money, but I, I don't think it's going to work for these teams. Well, I mean, I'd argue that it already is working because everyone is talking about Visa Cash App, which I didn't know about. And I've just said it. You've said it twice. It's being written about. Yeah, great point. That, that's really all they wanted. They know, these people know that no one really gives a shit about their app, but it's being talked about. And I, I don't even know what it is. I guess it's like, a, is it like Apple Pay or something, probably. But... You can't call it RB because that's Red Bull. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, you can because no one calls Red Bull RB. Nobody in F1 history has ever said, oh, in the RB. It's it's in the Red Bull. No, I know. But if you're trying to make your sport as uh, accessible and uncomplicated as possible, saying, oh, we've got the Red Bulls and we've got the RBs. And also because they are owned by... Red Bull, which makes it even weirder, but I guess that's why they're called the Racing Bulls. If they are, in fact, called the Racing Bulls, because the team haven't confirmed that, because they know if they were said, yes, we're Racing Bulls, everyone would call them that, and they don't want everyone to call them that. They want to pay them Visa Cash App to satisfy the people who've transferred millions of pounds into their Visa Cash App, whatever the Visa Cash App is. Everyone stop saying Visa Cash App. Okay, that's the last mention. What can we call RB? What's RB short for, Betty? Ridiculous bo- that's what we're going with okay Okay. here on the fast and the curious thank you very much and we've got (laughs) and we've got um steak and bake or steak and drake or whatever you want to call it so that's so it's so what we're saying is it's going to be absolutely crystal clear exactly what's happening next season and we can't wait for it it's going to be great we have had a question from Stuart. he has basically said can broadcasters decide to boycott this nonsense and just call people what they want to be what they want to call them? Well, it depends broadcaster to broadcaster. Now certain broadcasters like the BBC will have rules saying you're not allowed to overly promote one brand and this might conflict their rules and I know from some of my Formula One sources within the BBC that that's a conversation they're having at the moment. Um, other teams like Sky won't want to use the names because again, you know, they don't, they're commercial broadcasters and won't want to be plugging it without being paid to plug it. The, the good geeky bit of information I've uncovered on this, Stuart, is on the official entry form, they have to put a constructor name. Now, what I think RB have done is tried to make it as short as possible in the hope people won't use it. So we'll use the name of their sponsor. But they have put in there 
RB. Right. So I think what you will see is broadcasters get around it by referring to them as RB. And again, I think we're leaning... It's still a bit unsure what the old Alfa Romeo team will be called. Stake and kick is confusing. But Sauber is the constructor name leading... We probably will end up with Sauber. That's certainly what I'll be calling them. So the constructor names is where all else fails, where the broadcasters and the sport itself can lean to on the entry form. That is genuinely very interesting. Mm. Great question. Great answer. Thank you. Which Grand Prix is moving then, Betty? Talk us through it. The Spanish Grand Prix is moving. So Madrid is going to replace Barcelona as the host of the Spanish Grand Prix from 2026. Is this um, is this exciting, Christian? I don't really know how I feel about this. It's nowhere near as apocalyptic as a lot of Formula One fans made it out to be when this um, announcement was made. And I think I might annoy a few people with this, but I would just like to issue to the Formula One community... Eh? Chill out, guys. Warning. People acted like the Spanish Grand Prix was their favourite Grand Prix ever. And I'm sorry, it's no one's favourite Grand Prix ever. It's my favourite Grand Prix. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Yes, it is, actually. No, it isn't. You're lying. It's a very old track. But more importantly, fans who've been, who have actually gone recently, unlike the Twitter Warriors have said it's a nightmare with traffic. There were um, reports of people struggling to get shade, struggling to get water because the facilities are terrible. It's outdated. It's time to move on. And a lot of fans got very cross because this is going to be a new street track. And yes, we are in an era where F1 has a lot of street tracks, but Vegas is a street track and it produced a fantastic Grand Prix. Other street tracks... Baku, for example, sometimes don't produce fantastic Grand Prix. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Time will tell, but it's a fairly low bar to beat Barcelona. And I think it's not like there's another brilliant standard circuit sat there in Spain waiting to replace it. So it's uh, I, uh, relax, everyone. It's not like we're losing Spa or we're losing Monza. Barcelona's a bit crap and no one can get to it. It's also quite, um, quite a long lead time for... Barcelona to be sacked <laughs> they've got put on two races and they're like yeah we're going to sack you off in uh, 2026 so enjoy your final two years well they have motivation because F1 has said it's open to staying at Barcelona what? so if Barcelona can improve itself the Spanish Grand Prix is going but You'll notice Formula One has three races in the USA. F1 is having a real big surge of interest in Spain at the moment because of the success of Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso. So it's quite possible you could have the Barcelona Grand Prix. F1 used to use the term the European Grand Prix. This sport is ridiculous, isn't it? It's like, right, we're going to get rid of Barcelona, but no, actually, if you if you make changes and you get better, then we'll keep <laughs> you alongside Madrid. Like, just make a decision. I'm with them. I think it's the. I genuinely think this is all quite a good thing. And the most important thing about Madrid is that it's going to be really easy to get to on public transport. That's good. So let's let's give them time. Which Grand Prix was it where it encourages cycling and everyone cycles and like there's like millions of bikes all rode up ne- like next to each other in a little bike paddock. Zandvoort. Love it. Zandvoort. That's the future, isn't it? Oh yeah, off of. The Netherlands, because bikes, yeah. Mm. Verstappenland. Again, fantastic, but I just do not know how they find their bikes. Yeah, absolutely baffled me when we saw that. That was my biggest takeaway from the whole Grand Prix. It was, how on earth do these people find the bikes? Stressful. 
Couldn't do it. Do you not know what your bike looks like and where you put it? I lost my car at Silverstone, guys. I couldn't find my car. I was walking around for ages trying to find it. Mm. <laughs> so imagine if it was a bike. It'd still, it'd still be there. Well, I'm looking forward to going to neither Barcelona nor Madrid um, next season. Uh, but I am looking forward to definitely going to Silverstone. And I'm looking forward to definitely going to another race as well. So there's, these are all part of our plans. And speaking of travelling around, Betty, would you like to tell everyone listening what's happening with you next week? Oh, yeah, this is a bit... Are you going skiing? <laughs> I'm going skiing on another ski trip, guys. No, um, this is a bit mad, actually. So I am... Flying to New York on Saturday and I am presenting at the Williams car launch on Monday. (laughs) Alongside Jensen Button, of course, and uh, Alexander Albon. Alex Albon. Don't know why I full named him then. It's like I was his mum or something. <laughs> Alex Albon and Logan Sargent. By the way, what a gang that is. Dream team. Button, Sargent, Albon, Glover. Fantastic. Dream team. So we're going to do lots of recording for the pod as well. So everyone will be able to hear everything. We'll give you a lot of behind the scenes. Let's show you how it all works, what a car launch is like. And it's in the middle of New York at a Puma shop. So I don't know how they're going to get the car in there. Do they get the car in there? You tell us, love. You're going. I'd be furious if you turned up and the car wasn't at the car launch. Well, it's got to be. But how do they get the car in the shop? I don't. I imagine that's not part of the reason they booked you. So don't don't worry about that bit. Well, no, 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 no. But I was just thinking about it, actually. But I guess they build it in there, don't they? It's obvious, isn't it? Anyway. I imagine it's quite a big shot where you can just drive it in or push it in or whatever. Just move the shoes out of the way and it will just go in. Darren, uh, you're going to have to close the till because we've got the Formula One car needs to go there. Quite quite northern England in New York, aren't they? I hadn't, I hadn't fully appreciated that. Betty genuinely can't wait to hear all about it. I'm fascinated to know how you get on. Like, I'm going to live vicariously through you. This is so exciting. Uh, So we will check in with you next time as to how that went. And you'll bring your celebrity friends, Mr. Sargent and Mr. Albon, onto the podcast to talk to us. That will be next week. Any questions in the meantime, keep them coming. Uh, We are Fast Curious Pods on all the relevant social media channels. But for me, Christian Hugill, goodbye. Greg James, team principal, thank you and goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. Betty Glover to New York with you. Off you go. (laughs) I'll go now. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.